going to start today with the gospel, Matthew 13. Another parable Jesus proposed to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that sowed good seed in his field. But while men were asleep, his enemy came and oversowed cockle among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and had brought forth fruit, then appeared also the cockle. And the servants of the good man of the house coming said to him, Sir, did thou not sow good seed in thy field? Whence then hath it cockle? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. And the servants said to him, Will thou that we go and gather it up? He said, No, lest perhaps gathering up the cockle, you root up the wheat also, together with it. Suffer both to grow until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather up first the cockle, and bind it into bundles to burn. But the wheat... Gather ye into my barn. So Jesus is prophesying here that the church is going to have wheat and cockle. It's going to have people that live habitually in a state of grace and people that live habitually in a state of mortal sin. Good folks and bad folks are going to be in the church. You know, it gets annoying dealing with the cockle in the church, with the modernism in the church. But the epistle today is going to show us how to deal with with the modernism, with the cockle that's in the church. And here's how you deal with it. St. Paul writes, Put ye on therefore, as the elect of God, the wheat, not the cockle, holy and beloved, the bowels of mercy, not false mercy, real mercy, kindness, not niceness, kindness, big difference between kindness and niceness, remember? Nice is welcome to Walmart. Have a nice day. Kindness is welcome to Walmart. Here's 50 bucks. Okay, it says put on humility, modesty, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if any have a complaint against another. Wow, that's tough to do. Forgive those modernists, isn't it? Even as the Lord has forgiven you, so do you also. But above, but above all these things, have charity, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of Christ rejoice in your hearts, wherein as you are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Here's a big one here. Let the word of Christ dwell in you abundantly. Word of Christ in scripture and tradition. Read your Bibles. Read your catechisms. Again, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you abundantly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual canticles, singing in grace in your hearts to God. All whatsoever you do, in word or in work, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ giving thanks to God and the Father through him. So that's how you deal with the cockle in the church today. Colossians 3, 12 to 17, that's how you deal with it. You get into the state of grace. Like it says there, above all these things, have charity. 
Okay, you can even put sanctifying grace in there. Have sanctifying grace, which is the bond of perfection, charity. Then you let the word of Christ dwell in you abundantly. That's the deposit of faith. Let it dwell in you. Live it. Because like it or not, we're stuck with the cockle. And on the last day, the Lord's going to clean it all up. Okay, Baltimore Catechism is uh, lesson three there, chapter three on the Trinity. It says, is there but one God? Answer, yes, there is but one God. Why can there be but one God? There can be but one God because God, being supreme and infinite, cannot have an equal. How many persons are there in God? In God, there are three divine persons, really distinct and equal in all things, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Is the Father God? Yes, the Father is God and the first person of the Blessed Trinity. Is Jesus the Son God? Yes, the Son is God and the second person of the Blessed Trinity. Is the Holy Spirit God? Yes, the Holy Spirit is God and the third person of the Blessed Trinity. And it says, what is the Blessed Trinity? Your definition. It says, by the, defi by the Blessed Trinity, I mean one God in three divine persons. Are the three divine persons equal in all things? Yes, they are equal in all things. Are the three divine persons one and the same God? Yes, they are one and the same God, having one and the same divine nature and substance. Can we fully understand how the three persons are one and the same God? No, we cannot fully understand how the three divine persons are one and the same God, because it is a mystery. And the final question, what is a mystery? Mystery is a truth which we cannot fully understand. Remember that story about St. Augustine? He's walking the beach one time on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon, and he's thinking of how he can explain the Trinity to his congregation. He's going to catechize him, you know, and he's thinking, how can I explain this? Three persons and one God, one God and three persons. And he sees this little boy in the beach. So he's sitting there on the beach thinking, and he's watching this little boy. He has this bucket of water. He digs a hole, and he's trying to fill the hole in with, a, uh, with the seawater. You know, he grunts to the sea, takes a bucket of water, dumps it in the hole, runs back, and he does this like a hundred times. Augustine's just thinking there about the Trinity. Finally, he goes over to the boy and says, Hey, boy, what are you doing? He says, Oh, I'm trying to fill this hole here I made with the entire sea. Cousin says, Son, you're never going to be able to fill that little hole with that entire sea. And little boy looks at him. He says, Oh, Augustine, just like you're never going to be able to explain the Blessed Trinity to your congregation. It's a mystery. You can't understand it. And poof, he disappeared, vanished. Must have been an angel or something telling St. Augustine about the tr mystery of the Trinity.